moment, life can change. Determining when to move from home or independent living to an assisted living community can be overwhelming. Difficult situations may be lessened by starting the conversation early and talking about what's coming down the road for an aging loved one. It's important to be proactive with conversations about care wishes and spotting the signs that more support in an assisted living community may be needed. Hello everyone, this is Cheryl Mujal and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, we are joined by Paula Sotir. She's the owner of Care Patrol Baltimore and is a certified senior advisor and certified Alzheimer's disease and dementia care trainer. She has more than 40 years of healthcare knowledge working through the healthcare continuum. Well, welcome, Paula. It's a great pleasure to speak with you today. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I'm really excited about sharing this information with listeners. Paula, as a certified senior advisor and a nurse, please share some changes that you have seen in healthcare, especially with seniors over the past three years. I'd love to do that. I feel like there is literally a perfect storm where the population of seniors is exploding and the healthcare system has really been under stress for three years. As I've been dealing with seniors over the last three years, I'm seeing some long-term effects from COVID that are affecting them. They really come in two different areas. One is hesitancy. There was a lot of hesitancy from seniors to get the care they needed. That's led to some really worsening symptoms of diseases like cancer and diabetes and heart issues and dementia. The other area was lack of socialization. That has led to worsening cognitive decline like I have never seen in my nine years in this business. So we've got some long-term effects with seniors, and now we've got a healthcare system that has been under stress for three years. I'm in and out of hospitals all the time. I see the nurses and the caregivers and occupational therapy and PT and doctors and social workers all working really, really hard. They're trying to meet the needs of the patients they have. There's just too much to do. So what some of our hospitals have done over the last two or three years is they've hired travel nurses and travel social workers. And although that's a good solution, it gets more people on the floors. Where it's causing a little bit of heartburn is that the nurses that have been there over three years are training clinicians on how to use um all the specific hospital systems. And then we have social workers who are supporting these new social workers with very specific support systems that are just local to our community. It's just hard to know if you're not from Maryland, what Maryland offers versus if you came from New Jersey or California. The other thing that I've really seen over the past year is that there are long waits to see the specialist for many different areas, from neurologists to cardiologists to oncologists to pain clinics to wound clinics. Well, what does that mean? That means there's a much higher acuity of clients that are seeking solutions in the assisted living area. Finally, what I'm feeling from families is they're really trying to figure out how to help their parents. They are overwhelmed at how to navigate the healthcare system. That is 
they're under stress. They're really under stress. Sometimes they're really frustrated how difficult this journey is and how their parents need so much help navigating the healthcare system. Oh, Paula, thank you for sharing these insights. And so knowing the healthcare environment like you do, it's it has it's been very devastating, it sounds like, for so many, not only the healthcare professionals, but also for family members trying to figure out to help their parents. Absolutely. What are some of those unexpected, urgent situations that have happened to seniors that you have experienced? And can you also share a, like a story or a case study that would be helpful to understand that urgent situation and how it all unfolded? Absolutely. So there really are three categories for unexpected situations. That could mean that living at home is not an option anymore. The first one that everyone knows about is that falls. And falls can prevent you from going home. Um, you can no longer, you might not be able to walk up steps to the shower. You may not even be able to get into your house because there's too many steps. I did a little research and the CDC data and the most recent data comes from 2020. They said that 28% of people over 65 will fall each year. That's 36 million. Of those 36 million, 37% of them need medical treatment. That's 8 million. Falls is one of the most common, unexpected situation. And unfortunately for seniors, it can happen more than one time a year, which is really, really sad. The second area is all around infections. Thank goodness we're not seeing COVID as much as we, we were. But unfortunately, our immune system may be weaker over the past years. We are seeing infections that can cause seniors to have advanced cognitive decline, thus not being safe at home. I always like to use my ladder analogy. So with dementia or cognitive decline is progressive. And so you usually start at, you know, the top ladder, which is 10. And over time, as it progresses, you're going to go to nine or eight. And then you get a UTI, a urinary tract infection, and now you have a significant de decrease. So instead of being on ladder eight, you go all the way down to ladder four. And of course, we can treat the infection and we can make sure you're stronger, but sometimes you never go back up to where you were before. So now you're sitting at ladder six and you can't take care of yourself, or maybe your, your wife or husband can't take care of their spouse. So it really has affected this infection, what I'm seeing in the dementia world. The last thing I'm seeing is worsening chronic diseases, all right, such as heart disease. Heart diseases can lead to a stroke. Diabetes can lead to blindness, which is harder to live by yourself, or unfortunately, it can lead to huge wounds or even amputations. So, those are really the three different areas that I see that can happen just right out the gate that, you know, something that is unexpected. I love case studies. Um, so I want to talk about my client who is 81 years old. His family thought that he was completely independent. So about four months before we got involved, he called his his family up and said, listen, you know, I don't think I need you to come to my house anymore. I just rather go to see you in your house. So of course the family said, honestly, this is great because it makes it easier. They can see the grandkids. So they did this for four months. 
And then they found out that he ran out of gas on a highway. Now, how did he run out of gas? Because he didn't know how to get home. And they didn't find that out right away, but they did find it out when then the unexpected happened. And they call their father every single day, and they went two days without hearing from him. So the son left work, went to his father's house. And after the complete surprise of what his father's house looked like with stuff everywhere, they found that he had fallen. And unfortunately, they called 911. He went to the hospital. He fractured his hip. He had pressure ulcers in three different places. He was dehydrated and confused. He got surgery on his hip. That's great. He was then diagnosed with cognitive decline and then it furthered to dementia. So without planning, seniors are forced to make this incredibly important decision while you're in the hospital or while you're in rehab. And unfortunately for this incredibly independent gentleman, the son and daughter made the decision. I think that's very, very sad. And that's why I'm hoping as you listen to this blog, you understand that we need planning to prevent this so that the senior themselves can make their own decision. You're so right, Paula. In in a moment, just like what you explained, life can really change or a dramatic situation like what happened to one of your clients. You know, I was thinking for many of our listeners experience, as you mentioned, like very similar situations. We hope that this conversation will provide some of those insights, right? And the resources as to help them navigate this whole journey. So thank you for sharing that. Well, we may have heard a few signs in the story that you mentioned. Can you share some other signs that it may be time to consider additional support? Absolutely. So again, signs really are in two different areas. One is signs pertaining to living conditions, and the other one is signs pertaining to personal health. So let's just start with living conditions. You can walk in the house, which is what the son did for my client. And there was mail everywhere. There were notices, unpaid bills, bounce checks. That can be just decreased executive functioning skills. It happens in the early signs of dementia, but it also could be that they just can't get themselves motivated and or they don't have enough energy or they literally can't get to where the trash can is. So they can't throw stuff out. The second thing is the house just is going downhill. There could be paint that's chipping or they're neglected lawn or they used to have flowers everywhere and they don't have flowers. You can have spoiled food in the refrigerator or cabinets. You can have unwashed dishes. And this is the hardest thing because with unwashed dishes comes rodents, whether it be ants or even worse, mice. You can have excessive clutter. And that is... um, only if it's uncommon for someone. I mean, there could be people that are, you know, have clutter all the time, but this is if it's different. You can have, like my client, getting lost, going to a very familiar place. That's really scary, but it can happen. And I think the last thing is the one that that really does scare the kids the most. And that's they have unexplained, your, your senior, your parent, has unexplained dents or scratches in the car. So you as a son or daughter, you're thinking to myself, first of all, I don't want my parent to get hurt in an accident. But more or equally as important, I don't want them to hurt someone. And we could have a whole podcast on how to take away keys. We won't, but, you know, that's one of the things that you may have to consider. 
The second area is something that pertains to their health. One is they have wrinkled clothes or they have a disheveled appearance. I can't tell you how many times a daughter or son call me up and say, I just went to see my mom. She was in a house coat. She is impeccably dressed usually. She gets her hair done once a week and her nails done once a month. And I didn't even recognize my mother. All right, that's a sign. That's a pretty big sign. You can have unusual body odor. It can be from I forgot to shower to now I can't shower. I can't go upstairs. So I'm trying to do sponge baths. And they're just not as good as taking a shower three or four times a week. You can have difficulty walking, especially on stairs or through raised doorways. And you can find it could be starting to get difficult getting out of a chair. You can have unexplained bruises. Now, I know that seniors have very thin skin, and I know a lot of them are anticoagulants, blood thinners, but that isn't always the answer. It could be really that they stumbled or they fell into a door or they fell onto a chair. So you've got to make sure if you see it, you really do understand the reason for those bruises. You can be forgetful and in, in confusion and performing common tasks. Now, I know computers, that's different. But if you forget how to use your phone or you've been using your TV the same way and nothing's changed and you can't figure out how to turn it on, those are those signs that you really have to understand. There can be loss of interest in activities or hobbies. Now, if someone was running and played golf and played tennis, well, maybe physically they can't do that anymore. But if they were an avid reader... That's when you want to question it. So why are they not reading? Is it that they can't focus or is it they're not getting the books they want? You just got to understand really um, where this early sign is going. And finally, there are mood changes. And I know my dad, who's in his 90s, he always says it's really hard to get old. And I agree with him, honestly. But is it that it's just getting tough getting older or is it that they have depression is it that they've lost all their friends is it that they're by themselves all the time and they really need some more socialization so when you're talking to your senior really look at things differently look for the early signs so that you will have some information if you need to talk to them Paula, these are such good signs to really be on the lookout for, especially from a different perspective. You know, like you mentioned, like it's not it's not usual for them to be dressed a certain way, especially like the car. So thank you for really helping our listeners uh, think through that. I was wondering, you know, switching over to, let's say you've identified those signs and how to start that conversation to be proactive, like you mentioned before, with that story. And really to start that conversation about the care and other senior living options to meet not only their care needs, you know, of the their daily care needs to their personal health, but also for safety and financial help, et cetera. So what are some of the thoughts you have on that? Yeah, so um, starting this conversation, I have to tell you, is one of the most difficult, whether I've done it with family members, I've done it with clients. This is not easy. So you have to be prepared. You also have to understand seniors want their independence. That's what they want. So anytime we're trying to take that away, it's really difficult for them. So what I always say is start the conversation from a position of love and caring. Let them know that you're there to help them. That can at least get them on the right track, that you're on their side 
and that you want to understand what they want. Ask them how they see the future and what are their solutions in, in obtaining help when needed? What do they want to do? Listen, listen, listen. I say that a lot. And I'm the worst person of this because I want to jump in with the solution. You can't do that. You've got to listen, listen, listen. And then once you've listened enough, now you have to start communicating some of the signs you're seeing and how you might be able to help. I say this with um, a caveat. Because a lot of times what I see is particularly for the women um, is that that what they'll say is, well, my daughter will take care of me. And that's okay, but it may not be what the daughter can do. So be really honest with your parents or your loved one that you're more than willing to help. But there could be a limit to that help because you have your own family and you have a job. Um, Offer to help them plan for the future and get the information needed. You want them to be part of the decision. If they can plan, they are going to make this decision with you, and they're going to be much more independent in that decision. What you don't want to do is you don't want a time when they fall. You don't want a time when they break their hip, because then that decision may be taken out of their hands. I also suggest that they really talk about what planning they've already done. It is surprising to me sometimes when family members don't know, is there a will? Is there a power of attorney? Is there a financial one? Is there a medical one? Who is the person responsible? Do you know how many times I see a power of attorney and the person that's responsible is no longer alive? That's a problem, right? So you've got to make sure that it's updated to someone that they continue to want to help them make a decision. Have the honest decision on the living will. It's really hard. And I think for a nurse, it may be a little bit easier, but if it's your mother or your father, it becomes not so easy. But have the understand, do they want to be on a ventilator? Do they want to have a feeding tube? Do they want to have IV hydration? Um, Are they more willing to go on palliative care or hospice care? So it's better to have that decision before they have a problem because it gets much more stressful then. There is a recent podcast on the importance of estate planning, and I would really recommend that you view it because it's a much, this process is really in depth and we've got a really good. Uh, person helping with that. Such a difficult conversation, especially for caregivers and family members. And I was wondering, in your experience, who may be able to help to jumpstart those conversations? Because to get them started, it can be very difficult. And especially those conversations about their care wishes and determining whether assisted living is an appropriate care option. That's a perfect question. And what I really recommend is you go with an expert that truly understands all care levels. So you need to understand what in-home care can do. You have to understand what assisted living can do. And then you can have to understand long-term care. And there's a really good podcast on the difference between assisted living and long-term care. And I think you should hear that. But if you bring in an expert, they know that. They know And they have to be good at understanding your loved one's medical conditions today and in the future. They also have to understand what levels of care are in each of these areas and what the cost is. The goal for the move is that you want it to be their last move. 
You want wherever they go to be able to take care of them to the end of life. Depending on the financial capabilities, there are strategies on how to afford senior care. You know, you really, again, need an expert to help you develop that strategy from the standpoint of timing, type of care, and the cost. Now, as you know, I'm a nurse, and I love talking about care. I love talking about how we can keep you safe. But I have to tell you, I talk about finances more than I ever thought I was going to do. Unfortunately, this is definitely a care decision, but many times it's predicated on a financial decision. And so I want to give you an example that um, happens all the time, and that is a senior who's got $3,500 a month, and they have $100,000 in the bank. And finally, the family got together, and they were able to get agreement that their mother was going to go to assisted living. They called us, and we know it's really important to not spend um all of her hundred thousand. So we went to communities that she could afford for, you know, over 10 years. And then we went to one community that she asked to go to because she had friends and we knew that it was going to be more expensive, but she went there, of course, fell in love with it. So it was over $6,000. That meant she had money for about three years. Now I know that I want someone to make it their last move, but that's not my decision. That's the senior's decision. And the senior said to her, you know, the family, listen, I want to go. I want to roll the dice in essence. I'm 91. I have three years of money. I hope it lasts. Now, in this case, I was okay with that decision because at her income, if she did run out of money, I knew I could place her in another community. So I thought, you know, it's what she wants, making her happy. Let's move forward. The other area is, is that no one wakes up and says, I want to go to assisted living. What they say to their family is, I want to stay at home. I understand that. And if they have money for in-home care, I think you need to give it a chance. I do. And the reason is, is because you're listening to their need. You brought in care and you're saying, okay, let's give it a try. It usually fails. And I don't mean it fails because of the company. They are great companies and they will do everything. It fails because of the situation. And the situation is really two. And I just had one again this week where the senior locked the caregiver out for the past week. That is not good. She's not getting her medications. They're not sure if she's eating. The family had to come in and in essence say this is unacceptable. It's probably going to happen again. So we're starting the conversation about assisted living. The other reason is that it can be financially not the right decision. As their needs in, increase, all of a sudden you could afford four hours a day, but now you can't afford eight hours a day. So you really do want to give them a chance, but you also want to be realistic on what could happen. So I can't tell you how many times people ask me, when is assisted living appropriate? And this is my answer time and time again. Assisted living is appropriate when living alone is unsafe and unhealthy, and the cost allows you to finance the support longer. So it's pretty obvious what unsafe is. Unsafe is you're afraid they're going to fall or you're afraid um, that they're not getting, they're not eating well because they forgot how to cook or you're afraid that they might leave the stove or oven on, that, that's, being, that's unsafe. 
Unhealthy is a bit different. Unhealthy is that they sit at home by themselves week after week after week. Unhealthy, and this really did happen with me. I was, um, a uh, rehab called me and a woman stayed in her apartment for two years, never got out. She gained over a hundred pounds. The ramifications to her medical condition with that added weight was significant. That's unhealthy. You want it to be safe and healthy for them. And when that doesn't happen, you have to look, um, you have to look at other options. So now we're so excited. We've got the family on board and, you know, they understand assisted living is the way to go. And then they ask me, how do I influence my family or my mom to say yes? All right. Well, I usually use the analogy of um, crossing the road. And when I say to them, when you were five or six and you thought you were independent and you want to cross your road, guess what? Your mother held your hand. You were angry with her. She didn't care. She was keeping you safe. Well, now the roles have reversed. And now it's your job to keep your loved ones safe. And it's not easy. And sometimes they don't like you. But the goal is to keep them safe. Um, you really should try to understand the true reason they don't want to go. And sometimes they're not going to tell you. And sometimes it takes multiple conversations. You want to know what the true reason is. So maybe you can overcome that reason. And maybe you can help them understand that going to assisted living, they can do X or Y that is really what they want to do. If that doesn't work, it's always good to bring in the experts. So the first expert is to bring in your the primary care doctor. Have call your your parents or their seniors, primary care doctor, explain the situation. This is what I'm worried about. Not only are they unsafe, they're unhealthy, and this is why. And then the next visit, go with your loved one. And the doctor most of the time will say they need 24-7. It is not safe for you to live home. So now as the child, you're saying, I'm only following the doctor's orders. The doctor said that we needed to have you in a safe location. The other expert is to bring an expert that knows assisted living in because particularly one that understands the medical side of the business um, or has a lot of experience with it. And the reason is, is because they can help explain what that assisted living can do to help them live both safe and healthy. I always say that a lot of times the seniors have this view of what assisted living is, is because they visited their mom in a nursing home. And that nursing home wasn't the greatest, or even if it was the greatest care, it was really sort of institutionalized. So going on tours can really help someone get over the finish line because you can have them go to places that will meet their clinical needs, but also their social needs and their financial needs. And finally, be really honest. This is the second time I've said it, but I can't. It's a weekly event. I'm talking to some um, child who is doing more than they can for their parents. I just got off the phone today with someone who had um, stints put in because they're so stressed out taking care of their mother. Listen, I'm a nurse. I want to take care of my dad, but I have to be reasonable, right? I have to understand what my limits are. And if you can, Never promise your parent that you're never going to have them leave the house. If you promise it, you've dug yourself potentially a pretty big hole. 
Now, I know it's really hard for the spouses, and I understand that a little bit more than I do the kids, because the spouses are living there, and they're saying, don't ever have me go, you know, keep me the whole time. Well, you just have to be careful. You do want to say, you know, I hear your goals. It's something we're going to work towards. But it's really hard if you put down that that stake and say, we're never going to move you, and then you have to Paula, I really loved your analogy about the child crossing the road. I just have to say, it's like holding your hand, you're keeping them safe, and you're right, having these open and honest discussions are just so vital to have and bringing in those experts that can help you and help you can help them by holding their hand as well. So uh, thank you, Paula, for sharing those stories. I was wondering, can you recommend any other helpful resources, considerations for those who are you're just trying to select the right assisted living community. Yeah, so um, I say this probably daily. <laughs> There's never been a better time in my nine years and probably in the last 20 where it's important to use a local expert. And people always will say, well, why? Well, the reason is, is that seniors are waiting longer. Their medical conditions have worsened. You need to make sure that assisted living can take care of the loved one. The best way to obtain that information is to use a company that's in and out of these communities all the time weekly, or they have real-time information on their staffing levels, their capability, and their leadership changes. That's going to be real important. I will tell you, I've got some what were go-to communities I use for six years. I don't use not now, not today. That doesn't mean never, that never, but right now they're struggling a bit. Well, you don't know that unless you're in and out of these communities all the time. The second real reason is if you have residential assisted livings. Residential assisted livings are homes that are licensed in many different states to be in assisted living. A lot of times, um, at least in Maryland, um, they can take care of even higher acuity patients or clients. Um, but you have to make sure that the person you're using, someone on the team has been to every single residential assisted living, that they've walked in, they've met the owner, they've looked at their amenities, they've looked at their pricing structures, they have, find, they have found out in detail, in detail what they can and can't do. Last year, the Office of Healthcare Quality in Maryland closed 50 of them. I don't know why. I assume it's because of safety. Luckily, we we did not have a relationship with any of them. I feel very, very lucky in that respect. But you have to um, be concerned if you're going to a residential assisted living because they don't have the oversight that the larger communities have. They just don't. I was just doing going to a new community and there was an assisted living that was next door. And I've never seen this in my entire life. But I saw policemen, firemen, ambulances, I assume social workers come in and they close that community while I was at the other community finding out about them. That is scary. I don't know how many clients they had. I saw a number of them go into ambulances. I'm assuming they're going to a hospital. So it's really, really important to use an expert that knows, have someone help you with this journey. This journey can be difficult. It can be overwhelming. You want, we want to take that away from you so that you can spend the most time supporting your senior parents or the senior in your life. 
Paula, thank you so much for sharing your insights and especially shedding the light on assisted living as a care option and what to look for, things to watch out for, the signs and all those resources. Because I always say aging is a beautiful journey, but having people by your side really helps to make it go smoother. Listeners, visit mycareadvisors.com to hear the episode and find helpful resources. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote from Malcolm Forbes. The art of conversation lies in the listening. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.